Hey guys, it's Adelie and welcome back to another episode of our 915 Mental Health Podcast. And today we have a lovely episode because we are joined by an amazing person. And I just want to say first that I was in complete admiration the entire podcast because I mean, the way this person was able to transcribe the things that have happened in her life and the way she was able to communicate her feelings and the things she experienced was just completely, completely admirable. And I could have not said it any better myself. So I'm going to go ahead and let her introduce herself and get started. Uh, Hi, everybody. My name is Gabriela Reynoso, and I'm really excited to be talking to you guys today. Um, I just wanted to say that I'm really happy to be here, and I'm really proud that we have um, two young, amazing girls that, you know, are so invested in helping um, other young girls around um, the city of El Paso. So I just want to take the time to thank them for everything that they've done for for people struggling with mental illnesses. It's a it's a topic that not a lot of people are comfortable talking with. And I feel like it's very important that we incorporate conversations in school and around our city to help, you know, anybody that is struggling from a mental illness. Well, thank you. And thank you so much for being here today. I know it's very difficult to have these conversations. So I really appreciate you taking your time to talk with me. Um, so I'm going to start off by asking to kind of tell us about your experience um, with having a loved one that is suicidal. Um, of course, of course. Um, I am raised, um, I have, I'm an at-risk family. So um, for those of you that don't know what that is, it's when you um, come from a divorced family. So you become... Um, well, children that are in those types of families do become a little bit more sensitive when it comes to depression, anxiety, Mm -hmm. just things surrounding um, mental illness um, in that aspect. Um, And unfortunately, my older sister did get um, that end of um, the at-risk family and she did develop depression and she's been struggling with depression for years. And what's interesting, I found um, not interesting, but really sad is that I didn't know for the longest time. I don't think she really showed any signs. Well, that I saw, you know, because she's she's my sister, you know, we're always having fun and stuff. But it was really hard for me to get a call that she did try to commit suicide. And after that, it was just, it was pretty life-changing. It changed my life forever. It changed my family's life forever. And, you know, it, it was a lot of me feeling guilty as well. Like where I couldn't see the signs, you know, I was like, this is my sister. I talked to her every day and I, I didn't see that she was, you know, crying for help that she was, that she was suffering alone. So it was really, really, really hard, um, for me to hear that that happened and for me to try to understand or find ways that I could help because I have never dealt with, you know, um, having a loved one that did suffer from depression or any some sort of mental illness. So it was just educating myself and 
you know, finding ways to speak to her, to talk to her, to make her feel comfortable, to make her feel loved and to feel safe. Because I feel like a lot of people don't know how to talk to somebody for, that's suffering from a mental illness. And that's something that um, I've been trying to really teach and talk to about people and make conversation about because it's really, really easy for you to be like, for you to put like the little guilt trips in there too. And I feel like that's something bad that a lot of us do is that, you know, we're like, oh, some people have it so much worse than you and things like that. And that's something that I extremely, extremely dislike that people say, you know, to somebody like, yes, yes, absolutely. But you can't outweigh someone's struggles with somebody else's. You can't compare, there's no comparison. We all have feelings and they're all valid. So, exactly. yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think with my sisters, um, they were definitely in shock when I first attempted because that same day, like I was out having fun, you know, I was with my friends. So it was kind of like, dang, like, where did this come from? Mm -hmm. And I definitely felt um, kind of bad. I'm like, they're my sisters. Like everyone was asking them, like, how did you not know, blah, blah, blah. But I think, it's just a sense of like the ones that are struggling are so good at hiding it that it's just no one really understands what they're going through or what they're feeling. Oh, of course. And, and she'll tell me, she'll tell me, she's like, I have good days. I have bad days. She's like, I can't control it. I can't, I can't choose what days I feel good. She's like, because I'll, we'll, we'll go out, we'll go out, we'll be out having dinner, um, we'll go home we'll do our favorite things you know we'll play games we, we're a family that loves to play games so we'll be playing games um playing card games and everything but then when it gets later into the night and you know we all go our separate ways go to our rooms or whatever that's when she starts you know to get like anxiety attacks and, and when she starts feeling you know a little unworthy I feel um because it's five of us we're five kids um and a, we all learn at different levels you know so sometimes it's like the the comparisons like it's like oh like me and my brother we we got full rights to college whatever this and that like he just graduated things like that and then she has already changed like her major a couple of times and it's just like sometimes our parents are like, um, come on, why aren't you on top of it? Like, like they are and things like that. And right. I, I really dislike that. And I, and I talk to her, I'm like, they don't mean it that way. Um, we're completely different. It's not right that they're comparing us because right. we both learn at different levels and that's totally okay. I'm like, it's not like you're trying to waste their time or waste your time. It's, you're trying to find yourself and you yourself are struggling with something way more important than school right now. So you should be focusing on yourself, you know, not trying to compare yourself to me or to our brother. It's just, it's not right. And I feel like she's slowly starting, you know, to get more comfortable um, and to just, you know, like be okay with that. Yes. It takes me a little longer to learn and it takes me a little longer to see and find like what I'm passionate about and what I want to do and getting to our age I think it's really difficult because I feel like society expects so much from us 
and you know we we just it's like you graduate high school and then it's like poof like I'm not gonna tell you what to do you figure it out it's yeah finding money to go to school you know it's trying to fit into a society you know that tells you you need all these qualifications and then you get them and you're still not enough you know right. so yeah. yeah um so I I just I don't know that's how I feel I think um society really has to take a step back and you know evaluate qualifications see how people work and you know give people time for themselves too because you know right. we don't have that anymore it's like yeah. I, I feel like life is just about working now when it should be about taking care of ourselves and taking care mm -hmm. of our loved ones right I definitely agree I feel like society is kind of measures you by numbers like unless you have like a certain GPA or certain stuff. exactly I yeah. it's it's your test scores it's your GPA it's your class rank it's like yeah. you're not a person anymore you're just a number it's how mm -hmm. good how much better are you than x than this person right. like oh your grade is a little better like you know it's not comparing people equally because you're just looking at how good a person can take an exam you know I'm a terrible test taker but I can I can talk and write and you know I can express myself in ways that I feel like um some people can and vice versa some people you know can speak better than I can can take tests better than I can you know everybody has their strengths and it's just finding a good balance of you know evaluating both right and going back to what you said about your siblings, um, I think that's a common pattern because I know with parents, we have so many siblings. It's easy like, oh, like, well, they graduated with this and this and that. How come you couldn't do that? Yes. You know, and, and I, and I, so, I see that a lot too. Like when I was go in middle school, because um, uh -huh. all my, we all went to the same um, middle school and elementary. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we would get like the the same teachers, mm -hmm. and um, I I had a lot of teachers that were like, "Oh, you're nothing like your brother and stuff like that." And yeah. I was always like, "Yeah, I know, I'm nothing like him." I was like, "He's older than me. He, he's smarter than me in some aspects. I'm smarter than mm -hmm. him in other aspects. I talk a lot. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, I I was I was that kid in middle school and in high school and elementary and everything that was just always talking always chatting you know and it was like I was that kid that would get sent to the little corner or sent outside <laughs> of the classroom to sit down mm -hmm. and my brother wasn't you know so it's it's just people need to realize that we're all different and we can't be compared to somebody even though yes we're siblings yes we're raised in the same household we're still our own unique person and you can't be comparing them because that's when these kinds of issues start developing right i agree and definitely i think kind of seeing your siblings and like how they handle stuff um because I know with my sisters, my sisters are really strong and they're very independent. So they don't really talk about their feelings. They kind of deal with it on their own. Right. Like I felt like, okay, I have to do the same, but that's not how I am. I think that's why it took a big toll on me. Mm -hmm. With siblings, you just have to like make you know, like, hey, this is how I deal with stuff, but it's okay if you want to deal with it in another way. Mm -hmm. Open and have more conversations that aren't so like, Oh, you have to be strong enough to like handle it. 
when mm-hmm. one's completely different. Yeah. Okay, so um, I want to talk about what was your initial reaction when your you when you found out your sister was suicidal and what like how did it make you feel like did I know you mentioned guilty but any other things that come into I I found out um from our 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 little little sister she's a lot so it's five of us it's my older brother he's 23 and then it's my sister she's 20 then it's me I'm 19 and then it's my other sister she's um, 17 and then it's our little sister she's 11 and I found out from her um she she called me crying and she put us in like a group chat too like a family group chat um without my sister our other sister um and she was just telling us she's like guys I don't know what to because okay because um our we all have the same dad we don't have the same moms mm-hmm. um but we have the same dad so so she was talking to us and she's like um i don't know what to do fed keeps saying oh my god i'm sorry i used her name um but um she keeps saying that she wants to kill herself um i I don't know what to do she won't stop crying she won't stop screaming like she wants to kill herself um what what are we gonna do what can we do you know and then um that's when she was really, really bad. And then I talked to my dad and they told me that they were taking her to, um, that she's been going to a psychologist, that she's been getting medication, she's been getting treatment, but then they decided um, to commit her into a psych ward for a little um, for a little while. I think she was there for two weeks um, just because she had gotten to a point where she really, really, really wanted to harm herself. She just really, didn't want to deal I guess is the best way I can I can put it um Mm so it was just those two weeks it was it was absolute torture it was agony it was like like not where did I go wrong but it's like how did I not see this like how you know it's 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 my own sister and I'm not I couldn't see the signs like yes she had like her little like things like she was very reserved but she's all she's been like that her whole life you know so I never thought anything of it but um after that it was like oh my god what what if I would have said something different like if it was it something that I said what's something that I did you know mm-hmm what are the things that I did that maybe drove her to that point? What are the things in her life that aren't going well that I can improve, that I can help with? It it was just really hard for me, I think. And it's not like making it about myself at all in any ways, but it was just, it was hard on me as I'm sure it was hard on my siblings. I know it was very, very, very difficult. And it's been difficult on my little sister. She's she's the one that's been, you know, having to deal more with her, with her, um, her, you know, crying and things like that during the night. Um, and I just feel like she's so strong. I can't believe it. You know, you have a little 11 year old that's, that's looking out for my sister and I'm just so grateful for her. So, you know, I like to also, you know, take her out, you know, give her a little like 
relaxing time because um, I can tell you about her. Like she, after this whole incident, her grades dropped a lot at school. Um, she herself has been struggling a lot with with coping with what's been happening. You know, mm -hmm. she calls me sometimes crying and she's like, please, can you just pick me up? Because I mean, I understand it is difficult to be hearing, you know, that your sister, you know, wants doesn't want to be here anymore, you know, crying mm -hmm. every night. And she, I mean, she's still a baby in my eyes. I mean, she's 11, she's a little kid. Yeah. So she does need her break. So that's, that's something that breaks my heart a lot too. And then of course, my stepmom and my dad, that was a big part of like, you know, how, how do them as parents, you know, feel with this? How, how are you going to deal with like one of your children wanting to say this, you know, wanting to do something to themselves? It, I know, I definitely know that it was really, really difficult um, on my parents and, and honestly, it's, it was my mom too. So she, she was like, please, if she, if she needs to come stay with us for a little bit, you know, get away. Um, we can, we can go out of town, just anything. It was, it was really great to see how everybody just came together and we've just been trying to do everything we can to make her as comfortable um, and as happy as possible. Because I mean, again, it's not something that changes overnight. It's, it's, it's not a destination that we're trying to get to. It's, you know, it's, it's the journey that we're going through and we're all going through it together. Right. Yeah, well, I really think it's beautiful how your family really came together. I think that support is especially necessary with those going through struggles because I know it gets lonely. Sometimes you feel like no one really cares or no one's really there, no one really understands. So I think it's very important that, you know, you seek to understand and seek to support. Absolutely. And with that, has there been any changes within your family, like the way you guys do stuff or the way you guys communicate? Um, we definitely try to talk more about our feelings. I feel like that's something um, that we that we don't do off that we haven't done really in my family often. Just because we're we're together like all day, every day, and you know, so everybody knows everybody's business. But at the same time, you know we're very reserved too and it's like oh, I don't want to talk about my feelings or anything but because it, it might like make you feel away or might inconvenience you you know nobody right. wants to to be crying to their family to the people that they look up to and you know yeah if we're having fun all day you don't want to be that person that's just like starts crying or starts like making it about themselves and stuff so but we've definitely tried to change that. Um, if something's bothering us, it's definitely, you know, talking about it. Um, I know my little sister, she, she, she's she been talking a lot more to me. Um, she comes to me right away. I'm like, please, please, if something's bothering you, if, if it's school, if it's your friends, if it's um, just anything, just please call me. And she's been doing that, you know, um, as soon as she feels bad, I go, I pick her up. So it's just, it's yeah. just communicating yeah. and trying to find ways um, to take care of ourselves, really. Right. And do you think, since the incident with your sister, do you think you have felt like, wait, like, this is something like I've also been struggling with, we never really paid attention to it, like you kind of 
did it recognize it before? Um, I def so hold on, my, my hair's wet. <laughs> so um I please struggle with um a little bit of anxiety. Um, I actually developed um, epilepsy, a form of epilepsy because of it. Um, I have stress-induced seizures. Um, that's what I was diagnosed with. So um, I definitely knew that I had like these issues. Like when I get really, really, really worked up, um, I do tend to lash out at people. Um, and then of course that leads to, you know, um, my my episodes i guess you could say yeah. um so i did i did notice that i do get you know those types of episodes more frequently after that happened um when when she, when this was happening with her um i was getting you know um i hadn't gotten a seizure in a really long time but i was definitely feeling those symptoms coming back um so it was definitely you know trying to like take a step back relax a little bit take care of myself because again it is very dangerous um to get seizures so so uh yeah I did I did notice um a little bit more that it does that I do get anxiety and I do you know of course epilepsy is a form of a mental illness so um so yeah <laughs> I'm like yeah I did I, I noticed I noticed um some in me I mean I've noticed them before but yes I did notice and after the incident, how, like, what were some ways that you coped with everything that was going on? Crying. It was, <laughs> it was a lot, it was, a, it was a lot of crying. Um, yeah, it was crying. It was talking to my mom. Um, she was actually out of town. So I, we would be on the phone and I would be crying, but, you know, I got to a point where I just like, it was all it was a lot to take in so I, I I called my my aunt my Nina my godmother um she's like my second mom you know mm -hmm. she raised me as well and um she helped me a lot through it she's a very very smart very powerful woman in my life that um has truly impacted um me for the better so talking to her it really helped I feel like talking is always is key is key um in everything and helping yourself feel better and coping with these kinds of situations. So um, it was just a lot of talking, talking to people that care about me, talking to people that care about her um, and just that reassurement that everything's gonna be okay. You know, that she loves me no matter what, I love her no matter what, and that everything was gonna be okay no matter the outcome, um, we were gonna be okay. Right. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think. I always say talking and hearing is the biggest power and it has, it can heal anything. And it's just like the thing yes. everyone needs to really start getting the hang of because I feel like for some reason, it's so hard to start having conversations and to speak up. It's so hard to talk about your feelings, I feel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like talking yeah. about the way that you feel because like I said before, nobody wants to, you know, be that soft person. We all want to be, you know, stand tall be confident be proud of who we are but at the same time it's like oh I can't let people know that I have insecurities and I have feelings and stuff like that right. so I think it's just getting used to talking and and feeling things because if you don't feel you're not going to improve as a person you're not going to 
be able to live happily and freely. Exactly. Um, my mom always says that talking is the first step to healing, and I definitely use now more than ever. And since the incident, have you talked to your sister, like, to try to seek to understand, or, like, what are some ways that you kind of try to teach yourself to understand what she was going through or feeling? Uh, yes, um, definitely. We talk a lot. I I tried to see what was going on and she told me straight up. She told me, she's like, I've been struggling with depression since I was 13. She's like, it's, it's been a long journey. She's like, I didn't want anybody to know. Like I didn't know. She's like, I've been going to a therapist. Um, I, I just, I just got to a point where I, I couldn't do it anymore. It was just a lot of stress that I was going through. It was a lot of schoolwork and she's like, and I just couldn't do it anymore. Um, I also learned, she said that she also learned, I'm sorry, at the facility that she also had a hormonal imbalance, like a chemical imbalance in her brain. So that definitely took a toll on her as well. Um, but she said that she's been feeling a lot better with the um, new medication that she's been given, um, that she still gets, you know, these like spurts of anxiety where she feels alone. Um, even if she could be surrounded by a bunch of people, it's just like anxiety, like, oh my God, I feel alone. What am I going to do? So it's just trying to calm her um, when that happens, taking her to a safe spot. You know, um, she does have special medication for those moments, you know, giving her that and just staying with her, talking to her, you know, it's just it's us always just keeping an eye on her, just making sure that she's okay and that she's comfortable with us no matter what. And, and that, and that we're doing things that make her happy because I feel like um, we, tr we guess a lot like, like, oh yeah, she likes to do that. She likes to do that, but it's no, it's like talking to her. Hey, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go eat? Like things like that. Yeah, I agree. I feel like people think they know what you like or they think you know what you want, but it's yeah. probably like the complete opposite. So I really, uh -huh. yeah. like, what do you need and what do you want? And now, what would you say to someone or what is advice that you would give to someone that is dealing with the loved one that is suicidal? Give them time. It's, it's all about time. Um, and it's being supportive. It's listening. It's stopping. It's telling them that you're there for them. I'm here for you. I hear you and I love you, you know, no matter what happens, I'm always going to love you. You know, don't try to guilt them. Don't, don't be like, what about me? What about me? You know, you're leaving me behind and everything. No, don't, don't think like that. Think everything's going to be okay. Um, I love you. Everything's going to be okay. I love you. I'm here for you. You know, that's all you have to say. I feel um, to truly change a person's life. You know, it's a journey. It's good. And it's going to be a long journey. You know, you don't heal overnight. Medication isn't going to change anything. You know, you're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days, but it's surrounding yourself with people that you love, that love you, that care for you, that make you happy. That's what's important. And that's something that you have to take into account is, you know, you can't make everybody happy, but if you're surrounding yourself with the people that make you happy 
and you're there for them no matter what that's all that matters right now and you know just taking care of the people that you love you know make sure you know you're checking in on your friends you're checking in on your family because you really never know um what the situation a person might be in you said that so perfectly <laughs> I, I definitely want to emphasize that it is a journey it's not gonna change overnight especially like yeah it'll be okay for a while but they might fall back sometimes and that's not gonna say that they haven't improved or that they're not getting no, no. a part of the journey itself mm -hmm. so what is like this last question what okay. is the biggest thing that you gained from this experience as a whole? It's, it's helped me see, you know, that mental illnesses are everywhere. You know, I, I was reading a lot of statistics and especially right now dealing with um, COVID-19, mm -hmm. I saw that suicide hotlines have reached an 891% increase in calls. So, that just comes to show how detrimental the pandemic truly was on people's not only you know financial well-being but it's their emotional and their mental well-being um it's just you got to check in on people it's it's that simple i feel like um we're often too busy or they think oh oh i i see them on social media they're good no, it's check in on them. It's it's gonna take you two seconds. Hi, how are you? How are you doing? I was thinking about you today. I hope you're I hope you're okay. So I think um the pandemic has truly um affected a lot of people. And um I think we just need to start a lot more conversations at school. I think that's really important, um, is bringing awareness to mental illnesses, um, starting from a young age, you know. I think, um, especially here living like in a border town where it's very, um, it's a lot of Latinos, a lot of Mexican families. And I know from a young age, you know, boys are taught, you know, you, you have to be tough, you can't cry and things like that. You know, it's the machismo, is the machismo. Um, and I think we have to completely erase that, you know, it's men have feelings, women have feelings, children have feelings, everybody has feelings. And we can't, we can't put them aside, we have to talk about them. And people have to, you know, stop thinking of mental illnesses as, oh, my God, like some taboo, you know, yeah. topic that's, that's like, oh, my God, like, you have a mental illness, you're a crazy person you know yeah. I know that that's that's a word that I don't like to use when talking about mental illness because obviously it's a trigger but mm -hmm. yeah you're not crazy you're you're human you have a valid illness you know it doesn't yeah. change who you are it doesn't define who you are you know just the way our body sizes our race our religion our disability um our economic standing none of that defines who we are you know um, yeah. it's you, it's your character, it's how you talk to someone, it's how you present yourself, it's your kindness, that's what makes you, you, um, the world would be, you know, absolutely boring if everybody was exactly the same, same. so the yeah. fact that we live in a country where it's so diverse, and, you know, people respect each other, mm -hmm. uh, that's another topic, but <laughs> I wish people respected each other a little bit more, but 
seeing so many walks of life, it's, it's beautiful and it's so amazing to see, but it's just also making sure that we're taking care of each other and we're respecting, respect is a big thing too. Um, and just forming these kinds of conversations, you know, I, like I said, like, I'm really glad that, and I wish that when I was going through my, um, my anxiety phases, you know, I had a group like this that I could go to because I didn't. Um, but I'm just so happy that you guys started this and that you guys are getting the recognition you guys deserve because it's really amazing. Yes, thank you. I absolutely love everything that you said. I definitely mm -hmm. all of it. And I'm glad we were able to have this conversation because I know a lot of people out there deal with, you know, loved ones that are suicidal and they just mm -hmm. deal or maybe they feel the guilty feelings and they think that's just themselves but that's definitely not it no and it's okay to feel guilty but mm -hmm. again it's it's about them don't make yeah. it about you it's about them it's about making sure that they're okay so yes it's okay to feel bad to feel sad for a little bit but don't try to talk to them and impose that you know my feelings my feelings what about me to them because they already feel bad enough as it is don't think that they're not taking you into account they're yeah. absolutely taking you into account but right now their pain is so severe that it's about them and you can't make it about you so you know just trying to understand that I think is a big thing exactly well thank you so much for taking the time to have this conversation of course thank you so much for inviting me Alrighty, guys thank you so much for listening to this episode and thank you again gabby for joining me in this conversation and once again guys if you are dealing with a loved one that is suicidal we know it's extremely difficult but we are here for you and what you're feeling is completely okay to not be ashamed or feel guilty for the things that you are feeling and we love you you're not alone and thank you so much again for listening see you guys in the next one bye